have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and we feel too much. And develop speed. More than machinery. We shut ourselves in. need humanity. Machinery that gives abundance. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. I'm a human being, god damn it! My life has value! You have meddled with the primal forces of nature! Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. <laughs> What do you know? The media lied to you yet again about the meme case. Gave you a small, small, little, eensy, weensy, tiny bit of the story, which really was a means to an end. And I'm going to be very careful in this video. And I want to say this right away. There's going to be a lot of speculation in this video. There has to be by the nature of what happened in this case. And, and you're going to understand what I mean when I inform you of the huge piece of the puzzle that was barely mentioned in the mainstream media. I mean, it was in the New York Times, slipped by me. This all happened Wednesday, okay? A couple other publications. But the significance of what happened is enormous enormous so we're going to be talking about some unsavory characters that's number one i'm going to be extremely careful when i say who may or may not have gotten a visit from or may be working with the fbi because that's the big scoop in this so what am i talking about Number one, I want to say that the sources I'm going to use today, I don't agree with all the time. Most of the time, I don't at all. And even the spin on some of this stuff is, is really important to go over. Now, supposedly what I'm looking at right here is a sketch of the infamous internet troll, not Mackie, not Ricky Vaughn, Okay, not Douglas Mackey, not Ricky Vaughn, not the person that was just convicted and got 10 years, but somebody named Microchip online. And why do I go somebody named Microchip? Because this person was allowed to testify under oath at the case 
under that guise. Think about that for a minute. This person had their identity protected. Now, the drawing is supposedly from someone who was in the courtroom. I'll say this. I wasn't there. I haven't seen the transcripts of the case. Now, I, I, I there are a lot of quotes that you're going to see via New York Times if you start looking into this. Okay. And in this uh, unicorn riot piece, I think it's really important because there's another spin to it that we'll get to in a minute. It, I mean, this case is huge and everybody's not talking about it, not talking about the main thing. So what microchip does is he testifies against Mackey that it's not just a meme, okay, but that they were actually trying to defraud, all right, the uh, American people and voter. In fact, when they tell you about the meme, apparently, allegedly, according to the case records, uh, microchip testifies that they actually set up the, the number to be texted to give a return message. And the prosecutors made the case something like um, 40, uh, over 4,000, I think it was like 4,500 or something, people actually used that. And that's where they got into the basis of the fraud cases. Now, the other thing that's interesting about Microchip is that he had been working with the FBI in 2018. All right. So he became an informant, worked with them from 2018. But there's more. They still charge him. Okay. They still charge him. Man, Bing, stop it. This is kill. See, I have Skype, and then Microsoft is screwing me somehow, trying to give me notifications from a, a Bing AI out of nowhere. Just, what, what, I don't want you to help me at all. I'm not prompting you. That, that, and that's, that's the unserious portion of the broadcast, okay? <sighs> Why is all this huge? Because this is the network in my opinion, that actually started the QAnon sense. And we're going to present the information and the evidence for that. So number one, this guy, Microchip, is the Russian bot farm. And as far as I can tell, he's not Russian at all. Okay, who his identity is, we're going to get into in a bit. Okay, you understand that? It's, it's what? So this is it. This destroys their narrative of Russia, 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 and Russia interfering with any election. Let me, let me repeat that. That's why this is huge. Now, let me show you something. There's actually an interview with Microchip all the way back in 2017 uh, with BuzzFeed by Joseph Bernstein. I, I, would, I would absolutely encourage everybody to read this because, oh, did we not? Oh, sorry about that. Because if you read it, read this. Indeed, in a national atmosphere charged uh, by unproven accusations about a massive network of Russian social media influence, and they still go with this lie, is they're arresting now, charging and flipping the people that actually did this stuff that they said were Russians. Okay, that's what's huge about this. And when I get into this network, you have to ask yourself who at least got a visit from the FBI and who's working with the FBI and why now. All right. 
The story of how Microchip helped build the most notorious pro-Trump Twitter network seems almost mundane, less a technologically daunting intelligence operation than a clever patchworking of tools nearly any computer literate person could manage. It also suggests that some of the current Russian Trump bot hysteria may be, well, a hysteria. It's all us, not the Russians, Microchip said, and we're not going to stop. Now, this is 2017. Now, like I said, we're going to talk about some unsavory individuals in this. But I can't specify the gravity of what we're talking about here. So uh, let, let's put it into perspective. They're telling you Russia hacked the election and that Russian bots got into social media. That's not true. It's it's Ricky Vaughn, Douglas Mackey, all right, as one of the pro-generators and, and tweeters from what I understand microchip was doing he explains if you if you go to the unicorn riot one he talks about basically the bot farms that he would hire to elevate his posts and then they would go into networks via chat rooms that would have individuals allegedly in these court documents that are michael cernovich and a man connected to peter Thiel. now First of all, I want to say that, you know, I have no idea what Teal would be involved in, but there's a MAGA 3X. Okay, so basically within this uh, movement or whatever you want to call it, you had people that were obviously dominating social media. You could not get away from the memes. And, and the narrative it was the Russians, no, not the Russians. It's these guys. And uh, Gaseya apparently worked with him. Remember, Teal was the technology advisor under the Trump administration in the beginning. We have to also put that into. And th this document that they're talking about that outlines it basically outlines networks of how they can elevate their message. And, and that's just factual. I, again, not accusing these people of anything. But what I am saying to you is that everyone's acting like this is a, a case about a guy posting a meme and then that. No, they charged microchip. We don't know what they charged him with, but he flipped. And now this guy is said to, in, in some of these articles, people couldn't find him through private investigators. He was using multiple VPNs. Um, I believe in this courtroom, he said he was out of Utah, uh, said he was a private app programmer. All right. Again, you can't trust almost anything these people say because they're they're doing what's called shit posting in most cases. Now, they'll glom onto stories that are real and then they'll put a conspiracy angle to it that's not real. Or they'll glom onto what is on message boards and popular and then make you think it's real. And that's a lot of what the QAnon sense was. All right, we're going to get to the, the genesis of this, of what I believe it was. Who knows how much time we're going to have. I have so many clips. Basically, they're not so many clips. I have the breakdown of how, and this is a contested thing. Let's say that right now. But, but how these guys also started Q. And by these guys, from what I've seen, 
All right. And, and none of these people are to be trusted. Microchip. Okay. James Brower and uh, Defango are amongst the players. And look, I want to say this right now. Defango is not to be trusted. We're actually going to show you one of his timelines, though. Okay. Because none of these people can be trusted because they all LARP for a living. All right. They're, they're liars. Brower re later recants his role in the in, in what you're about to see. I'm going to show you an OAN piece from Jack Posobiec so people can get a beat on why I think this is how it started. Okay. Basically, DEFCON hackers slash shit posters getting together. And, you know, I think Defango inflates his role, but he was definitely there behind the scenes in the beginning i mean you just see you see the these logs okay and apparently there are some people saying these logs are totally fake in fact brower says that they're faked now but brower also when he recanted this is post 2019 he says in 2018 he was he was a bad person i interviewed defango and brower in 2019 and we're going to do a watch along with that towards the end of the first hour uh, into the premium section. You could still find this. I haven't watched it in four plus years. This is January, I believe, 19th, uh, 2019. And they're obviously trying to get me to believe lies because they get off on that. So the big lie that I believe that they're trying to, um, they, they've been trying to promote via, via this whole thing is basically since microchip seems to be the mastermind of, of this tale of the beginning of Q, that he's actually Israeli Mossad, or now Defango literally tagged me last week on Twitter, or maybe it was even this week on Twitter, it was, I guess it's Monday, last week on Twitter, uh, saying that microchip admitted low-key he was IDF, a.k.a. Israeli Defense Force. I haven't seen any evidence of that. And then Defango was in the morning chat with his Griftcast IRL, uh, basically in the live chat. And I immediately, as soon as I saw Defango going nuts in there, saying, "Hey, it's your boy Defango," banning it. Why am I banned? Why would Jason? Why would you ban? Listen, these guys catch court cases. All right. I don't want to end up in court at all. That's why we're going to be extremely careful today. <laughs> extremely, extremely careful. Defango is also a part of Shadowbox with Thomas Schoenberger, possibly the most unsavory character of this whole thing that we're going to discuss here. All right. And they're involved by being hired by Butowski during the Seth Rich case. Now, Seth Rich and that story is one in which gets promoted uh, via this network of MAGA3X and beyond. And I and look, th that's what I mean by glomming onto some reality and real stories and then elevate them. Let, let me give you another example how these people have really poisoned the well. Okay. Now, allegedly, it's their feeling that they did this number one just to elevate the message 
uh, to try to get Trump elected. They didn't care what they posted or who they heard or whether it was real or not. Okay, that that was the main goal. Just listen, get them get them elected. Who cares what else? And, and to me, you know how I feel. I don't feel like any of that. You know, the ends don't justify the means. Lies don't make friends. Period. Lies are lies. That's it. They don't feel that way. All right. That's not that's not in their their cards. And by the way, psychological operations of the military industrial complex, they feel the same way basically as these guys do. All right. So you you have this mix. Now, the Podesta emails, there was obviously something going on there. I'm going I'm going to be again very very careful here. When you have somebody who's posting an avatar of say Antinous, the god of man-boy love in Greek mythology, okay? The god the god of 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 pedophilia, when when you have that and a lot of other things that are terrible, a very suspect incident where a computer supposedly gets shot up, and I've seen the, the footage of the person showing it, not there. You had all these other emails, including the farm and, and Lozado email, the entertainment in a hot tub for sure, naming children by age and name. You had all those things. What did it become? Hillary Clinton is trafficking children out of a pizza parlor made up <laughs> hate to tell everybody made up now they would take that one incident where it does appear a clinton associate was smuggling children out of a certain country and mix that in you see how that works you mix it in and then all of a sudden all these people that are dropping stuff the bakers come up with a hashtag frazzle drip or frazzled rip, whatever you want to call it, that I end up hearing in, go in government hearings. And these people are just giggling. Ha, 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 ha. That if you don't know what frazzled rip was, and, and by the way, when it was buzzing around the internet, it was hard for me to believe, obviously. But that's at the point that I reached out to one of these unsavory characters, you know, who continues to be pretty unsavory at this point. You know, I, I thought he's done some good work. That's why I came to him, did some good work on the pedo gate. A lot of stuff I didn't agree with, but a lot of stuff that was in my face. And I, and I contacted this person. I said, what is the validity to this supposed frazzled rip video that's on the dark web right now? Now we're starting, we start getting into the nonsense, the dark web. All right. Oh, it's a dark web video. Just like the, the uh, how many times did you hear the dead man switch? Dead man switch. Sealed documents. Sealed indictments. Nonsense. So for those that don't know what frazzled rip was contended to be, all right, supposed to be, supposedly an underground video of Hillary Clinton and Huma Ab Abedin brutally molesting a child and cutting off their face and wearing it 
like Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. And then some weird video that supposedly had uh, stills came out. Had nothing to do with it. That got passed around. And and it, it builds up because why? Number one, you have these guys with a motivation. And supposedly Microchip claimed in court that he's not... Uh, he wasn't really a Trump supporter. I have no idea what that is, whether or not that's true, but he hated Hillary Clinton so much that that's what motivated him to start doing it. But then they all kind of, and and, and this is the thing with all of them, okay, that I've come across. They, they love the fact that they can help paint a narrative, good or bad. They just they want to be in some type of control. It's funny to them. All right. Like, like it's like that social media influencer. Ooh, look how many likes I got. In fact, they're constantly talking about their numbers because that's really what it's about to push these narratives. So it's reality rants. And, and that's really just the beginning of, of this. So I want to pull it back. All right. I want to I want to pull it back and talk about what their narrative is now before I even play th this clip and, and why I think they've pushed away from from this narrative in the mainstream. Now, this is by Jim Stewartson. Stewartson and like Unicorn Riot continually try to push a narrative that basically Michael Flynn is the mastermind of all of this and directing this. And I don't believe that. I want to make that really clear. I, I, I really, really do not believe that Flynn was involved at any point, um, except for the fact that eventually when this did go viral, and there's a, a guy named, I believe it's Justin McConney, who some have named as Microchip. Don't know if that's true or not. Because the sketch I don't know is true. And let's say he did come in looking like that as an FBI informant who's undercover. I mean, the makeup they have now and the masks they put on people, we, we've we've done it, right? There's no reason to believe that the person sitting up there would look like um, the actual person if they really wanted to hide that person's identity, right? I'm just pointing that out. But I think that this is setting up the white supremacy Michael Flynn Q story. And... HBO kind of did that same thing. They tried to connect Bannon and uh, and Flynn to Q. Now, Bannon's certainly in that MAGA 3X crowd. And obviously, Bannon had to be aware, just like Trump leaned into the, the Q and nonsense at the end. But all this is happening really early. Remember, microchip gets flipped in 2018. Now, if there's somebody out there that can point it out, I've never heard um, Brower and Microchip on a chat together or a live stream together. If that exists, I'd love to, to, to have that out there because there are some that allege that Brower and Microchip are also the same person or that several people held that handle. Okay, I want to make that clear too. Confusing as hell, I know. And that's why we're trying to take it actually slow on this. So. This is why all of this is important. So what's really happening right now is the FBI is taking down the network that really did influence the election on social media in 2016 and helped Trump get elected. They did. 
but it wasn't Russian. All right. And I would say this, obviously there are going to be open cases of identity fraud when you're creating bot farms and buying likes and buying retweets and you're under VPNs and you're probably setting up certain proxies around your actually actual identity and how you're paying for this stuff, they're going to find something. But here's the new thing, all right? They're going to make it about politics wherever they can. And look, bottom line is even if Mackey did what they said he did, with microchip, which is set up a uh, a number to return the text call, buy the text up, and make it look like you voted. I, Ten years for that, and that's really election interference. Say five thousand people didn't go vote. That's ridiculous. I mean, think about. And then on the flip side, in twenty twenty, they want to give you the the Bernaysian talking about no evidence of widespread election fraud. 5,000 would be like, what are you talking about? But they don't like that they were effective. That's, that's the next thing. So the, the next thing is how many of these people within that network flipped all the way back in 2018? Because Microchip was still spitting his bullshit in 2018. And Brower came on the show in 2019. My show. And that's what we're going to play later. But the first thing we're going to do, because I want to show you that, because actually th this is actually pretty good. And then I'm going to show you what Defango posted in February. That's pretty similar. So th this is Posobiec back in the day uh, talking about how it was his friends that started QAnon. Now, I had no idea who any of these people were when I first got back into this. Remember, guys, I took a hiatus. I was running a bar. I was at an MSP company. I, I was running a, a little league, you know, video team. I was flipping pizzas again. A good run where I, I, I was certainly not paying attention to a lot of this. It's very rare. It's working 60 to 80 hour weeks. And I go to Bilderberg in 2017 and actually Jack Posobiec, you can go watch it. Tries to shout me down with a microphone and a megaphone. And they're sitting there chanting, CNN is ISIS. There's like 25 people there. You know, watch my film, Shade the Motion Picture. In 2012, we, we had like 1,000 people there. Very disappointed. I'm like, what are you talking? CNN is ISIS. Meantime, there was a bunch of Trump administration people in there, including Teal. And I think Liddell, who he just hired, McMasters was in there. It was, it was ridiculous. And Trump had just cut the deal, the arms deal, with Saudi Arabia that he said he wasn't going to do, and he did, and, and got us, uh, you know, a, as as nuts deep as we could in the Yemen conflict that we have no business being in. So, you know, I'm there for reality, okay, but period. Now, was there more money in my paycheck at that point? Sure. And I wasn't there to Trump bash. But I brought those, you can watch the debate I had with Jack. So that's my like only physical interaction with Jack. So then later on, when Jack does this piece on OAN about Brower and Microchip starting uh, QAnon, okay, and showing these logs that again, Brower has disavowed and Brower has said he's not involved now. Just saying that right now. Now you wonder, 
whether that's to keep spinning this narrative of the white supremacy thing, because apparently one of the things they highlight in this, and this may or may not be true, I don't know who they interacted with because these groups are so big, but somebody from the Daily Stormer, some neo-Nazi site, terrible, and yuck, right? Who uh, again? Lies don't make friends, and personally, I love everybody, but I'm not looking to work with any literal Nazis, right? My heart goes out to you. I hope you find your way. I hope that you realize hating somebody based on uh, their, their genetics is just ludicrous. It's, it's out of control ludicrous, period. So anyway, um, well, let's let's go back to so So again, they're trying to set up this white supremacy narrative and, and domestic terror, terrorists, again, far right trolls, right? So this is a microchip right here. So, so Brower, you can see Tony Podesta is uh, one of the sealed indictments. Obviously, there was no sealed indictments. Uh, I've ho I hope you've enjoyed my 4chan posts. 4chan is where it started. These are all way back machines. He's, he, you know, he has the Q thing. And he goes, uh, I was right about Manafort, Bannon, DACA, Priebus. Uh, why would I lie about Sessions? Come on, people. Uh, I'm the scoops master. He goes on a little further, and this is what we're going to play right now. Brower has about 2,000 followers, and he gets on Alex Jones, and he's reading all these uh, conspiracy sites. And why do I say, Jason, aren't you a conspiracy theorist? Aren't you a truther, Jason? Look, man, I just want everybody to understand something. I always just look for the truth. I'm not a truther. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. When I speculate, I let you know. That is a brand I've been given. That's a brand I've been given for daring to ask real questions. And that's what we're doing here, trying to bring everything in. Because if the narrative is that a bunch of guys in this country not only started QAnon, but were the Russian bots, their Russian bullshit falls apart. And then on top of that, they want to criminalize these guys. So behind the scenes, how many people have flipped on the FBI and how much of the narrative are they controlling? So once you're an informant, you do a lot of different things. So if a Fed tells you, hey, we need to put out some uh, post that may be slightly racist just so they can catch other people in those posts or maybe saying derogatory things behind the scenes and then bring them into the loop, that's something you do. That's something you do. Now, did that take place? I have no clue because I'm not on the inside because I'm not getting visited by the FBI. Thank God. <laughs> Thank the good Lord Jesus Christmas. All right. But to illustrate where these people were out and Brower in particular, who, again, really looks like he's a founder of this, uh, really involved in the beginning, is that pre-Q nonsense. There's the idea of this Islamic connection to the Las Vegas shooting. I saw no evidence of that. Not real evidence anyway. Not like I, I saw some speculation. You want the real evidence on the Vegas shooting? I think that I, I gave it to you. Uh, as I, I went through hundreds of hours of uh, footage and eyewitness accounts, and it looked like, again, there were other events that took place outside of Paddock. It looked like Paddock himself 
was an arms dealer. It looked like the casino and maybe even rigged machines that had been used in the past in other cases could have been the money laundering that was necessary to have these deals set up. It looked like he had a at least another person slash possible prostitute with him right before the event. His wife was out of another country. I believe his brother got caught with CP afterwards. He also talked about microchips and 9-11 being an inside job, according to the media. And then when they go into the room, there's no smoke or any of the bullets like burned into the thing, but there's him dead. And somehow he gets that window out, which is very bizarre. Now, I'm not saying that Paddock didn't do anything at all. But to me, it looks like some kind of an arms deal gone sour. Maybe, maybe more. Because when you're dealing with arms deals, guess what? You're dealing with the intelligence community. And, and you're dealing with a vast array, again, of even probably more unsavory characters than the ones we're talking about today. So pre-QAnon nonsense, Brower gets on Jones and starts feeding one of these shit-posting type stories and narrative stories as if he's an insider, right? Because he's a low-level person within um, the tr the Trump campaign, like locally around himself. At least that's what he claimed to me and what I've seen from uh, from some of the posting and the evidence, like working with the campaign. And obviously in this network of other shit posters and trolls and alternative media personalities and, and kind of this MAGA 3X movement. So let's play this clip of Jones and Brower where he's feeding the seed of Johnny Nonsense. BRO underscore 1776. He has released a lot of great info in the past with his uh, White House uh, connections. And I got to tell you right now, I don't just have the hostage rescue team. And we had Colonel Schaefer on earlier concurring with our analysis. And he's got CIA connections, and Army connections. I have other connections. And they say, yes, I just took responsibility. They've got him taking credit with this video. Uh, that's Paddock. And they want to suppress it. They're telling the president, well, it's financial security. We don't want to trigger ISIS with codes or something. Now, somebody on the inside did, I believe, leak one of the death photos of Paddock to Jones. That was another big thing. And I'm not here to come down on Alex Jones, but one of the tools of manipulation that these guys were using were expounding upon InfoWars narratives, hence the adrenochrome thing. Right. And and, you know, the celebrities that were actually involved in child abuse. And then it became a bunch of people that there was no evidence or basis for, period. That stay behind networks, Obama people from our research saying that so they don't get blamed for what they've done. Show that Trump sits there while they blame gun owners, the Second Amendment veterans and patriots, which they've done. Uh, but uh, James uh, Brower joins us. To go over this, Paul's articles linked up on DrudgeReport.com. Former Trump campaign official reports Las Vegas shooter made ISIS tape. Now, remember, within hours of this happening, ISIS took responsibility, and the FBI said, no, they didn't do it. Well, we don't know what happened, but they didn't do it. That's the biggest tell you'll ever see right there. But again, we have these sources, but I wanted to specifically get James Brower to go into this for us. And as much as he can tell us from his White House source, 
is my sources are in the military, they're in the FBI, they're in the CIA, and they say absolutely. They say this guy was connected to other attacks. Now you see it in the news today. The bombings in New York. Uh, so, so James, tell us. Uh, you've put out some big leaks before that have been accurate. Tell us what your sources in the White House are, are specifically telling you. Uh, yes, uh, thanks for having me on again, Alex. I appreciate that. Um, That's right. You you've know, been on before. Good to have you back. Um, well, basically, um, the whole thing that's going on is, you know, like, that was sort of why I think this was sort of leaked, uh, because of how, like, the response was so quick to shoot it down. And, you know, usually, like you said, it's all, always, you always know that usually means that it was ISIS. And um, <clears throat> the whole thing is that the tape, and I, I know that that's pretty much everybody wants the details on the tape. And, you know, I'll share, um, you know, everything, you know, that I you know, no, obviously. And basically the tape is definitely like, you know, like a pledge, not, not like a pledge directly to ISIS, but it's more about, you know, the typical people must die uh, for, for things to change. And, you know, it's that typical ISIS mentality that they, they, you know, want to kill us. So it's pretty evident to me, you know, obviously in retrospect and I, and I, you know, I'd only seen a little bit about this. I remember getting into the paddock shooting, but I didn't see an ISIS connection. Shocking. I know, I, I know. Shut, Jason, you didn't see it. No, I didn't see an ISIS connection. Okay. And, and look, this isn't to bash Jones at all. This is just to show that this guy seeded that and tried to confirm that when none of it actually existed, that this was the level that these people were already playing on. And Brower seems extremely connected, AKA Dreamcatcher and a bunch of other handles. So, I'm not even up there. That goes on for like 10 more minutes. And it's basically that again, him just trying to reconfirm the narrative that's sort of been floating around on the internet. And how much of that was the, was the style of the Q nonsense? Almost all of it, right? Almost all of it. When you really think about it, when you go back in time and you, and you look at it and, and so many things didn't hit. Remember this started with the idea that Hillary Clinton was going to be jailed. Right, like she's going to be arrested on October. They gave a date, and that's that's what's the nuttiest part about this. And and think about this. That's why the people that actually did start this and even grift on it afterwards, they just couldn't care less. They like they they're like if people were dumb enough to keep believing after Hillary didn't get arrested and we're putting out riddles on the internet, we're riddly do. You're just a mark. It's pro wrestling to them. And at the same time, for political operatives, it's gold because it's feeding into this narrative that their guy is the savior. And again, Trump better than most. <laughs> so what? It doesn't mean that you know 90% of what they came out with, especially fed into, wasn't complete garbage and didn't hurt people like myself who were putting out real info about high-level pedophilia, who were really talking about Epstein. And boy, after like after the Epstein arrest, they, 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 the big play was, of course, Epstein was one of the sealed indictments. It's happening! It's happening! Come on, guys. So you guys have listened for this long. It's been it's been long ranting and long raving. I'm gonna play the piece 
of Pasobic basically going over the genesis of the QAnon sense without Defango. Now, Defango has this thread right here, and he's got the clip we're about to see and watch on it. He talks about MAGA3X. He talks about Pasobic. I want to say this. As this stuff came out, I talked to Pasobic uh, behind the scenes under uh, Twitter DMs under the We Are Change handle. Um, and, and, you know, he's like, look, you can't trust Defango. And I'm like, no, you can't trust Defango. Like, it's Defango. Like, again, Defango, not a very happy person, in my opinion. Like, like all these people seem to have some kind of weird manic depression on top of everything. So uh, this is his big game. And I, and I think that's why Defango wants to put this out there, because he so badly wants credit for it. Maybe more than he deserves. I don't know. I wasn't there. But it certainly seems like um, the idea of this being born out of DEFCON and a, a network of insiders, not Russian bots, not somebody who's here to save the world, okay, is the reality. So he's got a, a full-on thread talking about the deplorable, talking about, you know, the Cernovich and Geese thing. And, and here is Justin McConney. Now, it's been alleged that McConney, this person, is microchip, right? Now, I want to remind everybody, this is supposedly the picture of that person, but can we trust any kind of pictures? Could we even trust a real picture if they didn't, microchip didn't have to show his name? I'm not saying it's McConney. I have no idea. His, uh, his last post on Twitter is in 2021, right? He's got a minimal amount of, of uh, followers, but supposedly he was handling Trump's social media, and this is an interaction of uh, Defango and him, all right? Now, that, and the thing is, Brower was going, Brower comes on with Defango, and this is um, Brower in his little Russian hat. That, that, that's the joke. There are no Russian bots, guys. That, that's the ha-ha-ha, funny-funny. Um, those are those uh, DMs I was talking about before. So let's go to some of these. Here's a, here's another one of those posts. And apparently, uh, this is another one of those posts that you can see, like, I, I guess was were passed around by these people. You know, they, Defango, again, not trusting him, not to be trusted, but there seems to be a, a, a connection between Brower, Makani, microchip. Remember, microchip's the one that testified without having to give up his identify and was charged with unknown things and flipped the FBI in 2018. So the question is, did he start working with the FBI before Posobiec makes this piece and eliminates Defango? And remember, you have Vice that did their documentary. Now, the first part had some validity to it, but it's all this spin of white supremacy and hate and domestic terror. And then the HBO documentary takes it another another step further and brings the Watkinses into the scene, who I think are involved later, right? But, but, but at the same time, probably part of that MAGA 3X network to promote this stuff early on. They just take control of it later. Um, Schoenberger, also very much in the mix behind the scenes, constantly tried to troll my channel, I think was in the uh, live chat of the interview uh, with Brower and Defango that we're going to go over 
Okay. And and remember at that at this time when I'm starting this, I don't know what LARP means. Live action role play. Yeah, I knew I know what cosplay is. I didn't understand that LARP meant just lie at all costs to laugh at people. I no idea. It was just and I didn't realize how bad these shit posters were and how it was just all for attention. And we it, it's weird, man. It's a weird culture. Sounds like a depressing one. But again, Defango does bring the receipts on Brower. And Brower certainly, again, looks like the, the evidence is pretty overwhelming to me that it seems like Brower was involved in this network. And, um, you know, Defango asked the question, whether or not he recanted his story before or after a possible FBI visit. I want to make, I want to be very careful. So let's play it. Let's play the Posobiec OAN clip where basically the genesis of QAnon is explained. An online conspiracy group called QAnon is being debunked by one of the group's founders. One America's Jack Posobiec spoke with one of the former top members of the group and has this exclusive. For the past 10 months, an online movement has been picking up steam in America and has moved from online forums to Reddit to Twitter and to YouTube. It leapt from the little screen to the big screen when people began showing up at political rallies wearing shirts and waving signs that carried the name of the movement, QAnon, or simply Q. What is QAnon? Where did it come from? What is its purpose? And most importantly, who is Q? Well, Q first made its appearance on the web forum known as 4chan in October of 2017, referring to himself as the Q clearance patriot. Q messages, known as drops, follow a pattern of Socratic method questioning, cryptic messages, riddles, and coded drops of information. The earliest Q drops referenced an upcoming arrest of Hillary Clinton to take place on October 30th, 2017. That didn't happen. Instead, what happened on October 30th was quite the contrary. It was the exact opposite of the poster's prediction. Trump campaign officials and advisors, Paul Manafort, Rick Gates, and George Papadopoulos were all indicted. Manafort and Gates were placed under home arrest. Q would go on to report many more predictions in these drops without any clear sign of them ever coming true. Several months before this occurred, a Twitter user named Dreamcatcher reached out to this reporter and told me about an op that he was planning with notorious pro-Trump troll microchip that would plant bits of information on 4chan and act like it was coming from a high-level source inside the administration or the intelligence community. So again, I'm not saying we should trust Posobiec because Posobiec also uh, grew up in, I believe, naval intelligence. Just pointing that out. Now, I don't dislike Jack. I want to say that too. I'm not here to attack him. I'm just pointing it out that he also says that somehow he was privy before the op in that. Now, is that true? Or did Brower and Microchip come to him after the fact? That's a, that's a, a question to ask. That later became the QAnon operation. I obtained chat logs from the two at that time in August of 2017, which back up their statements to us. That signing FBI-anon is good, too. Looks spooky. But we should do our own thing, one of them wrote. Let's use the Socratic method to question people, and they're going to flip on suggestions alone, said Microchip. Just sign it micro, Dreamcatcher replied. But the response was that they needed something more sinister, and Q was born. Well, that's why I asked Microchip to record a video 
of himself opening up the Discord app on his iOS and scrolling through his screen to show us that the messages were not photoshopped or recreated in any way. Here is that video. I also interviewed Microchip to hear his take on the why and the how he created Q. With QAnon stuff, it wasn't, this wasn't something that was, this is a hard one to explain because this wasn't something planned like we just came together and said, this is our operation to take out something, right? Uh, it wasn't like that. It, this happened actually, I would say it's more of a, a mistake that it happened, right? But I've uh, infiltrated um, anti-fog groups, have literature that they talk about, right? That there is uh, dissident books and things like that of how to, you know, riot. So they're yeah. obsessed with what I would say some of the anarchist writers and socialist anarchist yes. writers from Europe in the 1900s, I've noticed. Yeah, yes, big time, right? And, um, and it comes to the Saul Alinsky type stuff, right? Like how the rules for radicals, how to, how to uh, disrupt society, etc. So I also want to point out that there's some people online that have said they've, you know, defibrillated the voice and they brought the pitch in and I've listened to it. And again, uh, if there's anybody out there that has some kind of a video that claims to be microchip and Brower at the same time, I'd love to hear it because I think there is the possibility that at least the handle of microchip, because there were so many um anonymous bots associated backup accounts etc that's there and one of the notorious tactics of so many of these people um more than likely chavez and others included is multiple sock accounts so in other words people you know they say it's somebody else you know that's what really what bots are but it's really the same person okay I mean, there's a lot of ways to utilize bots and scripts, et cetera. Well, let's get back to this. And they talk about this Q and Luther Bissett. And when we get into the watch along with myself interviewing Defango and Brower, they're just so gleeful about all this. All right. And again, I feel like they were trying to get me into this idea that it was really an Israeli op. That's that that's the and I think there's still people trying to push that narrative. Right, because because that would be just another one of those narratives that you could feed into um, a large base of people. And and it's funny, I was in the chat. There are some people that have actually been with me now um, for you know the past five six years. Thank you so much with that by by the way, guys. And you know I haven't said this enough, especially today because there's just been so much to go over. When we do go over to premium in 10 minutes, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Sign up for a buck for the first week or $10 a month or lock it in. You think this stuff is important, especially because this case is way bigger than just a meme, obviously now. They're taking out the actual Q network, in my opinion. Think about that. So lock it in, 100 bucks for the year. You save uh, two months. And it's a great way to support this broadcast and so many others, a whole lineup here. And it's just growing uh, people like Matt Couch, people like Chad Canton, Alicia Powell, uh, very uh, powerful interviews with Miss Powell, by the way, Ray Dietrich, Drew Burquist, and like I said, still expanding. But think of the irony. There's a, there's a bunch of people out there. I, I mean, there's actually two large groups of people that have been totally fooled by this. There's the Trump derangement syndrome left, 
that believes Russians hacked the elections and, and there was no hacking. It was a bunch of these guys using rudimentary tools. It was all hysteria. Then they come out. They have this large investigation. They know damn well that these are the guys that did it. So they set up parallel investigations, one which they'll prosecute and one which will be obfuscation, which is Russiagate. And then they'll start prosecuting and flipping the people that actually did it and changing the language of these foreign adversaries or groups. So now it's election interference if you're in your own country and doing these things. Huge story. So they prosecute those people, the people that are actually Q, and there's still a group of people that thinks that Q is going to take down the bad guys. Wild times. Wild times. Let's, let's go back to the Pasovic piece. Shouldn't even have broken it up that much. By the way, you can listen for free on the flip side if you like. That's over at uh, the InfoWarrior Podbean channel. One of those books they came up with was this uh, was Q by the Italian author guy, right? And in that book, uh, he did the the ominous messaging, and um, he would sign his messages as Q. We wanted to do something else. We started talking about different ways that uh, we could engage Trump supporters, and then uh, we came up with a list of different things, like you know, what are these people interested in that sparks their attention? You've got George Soros, you've got Obama working with uh, CIA and FBI to smear Trump in this Russia investigation once Trump was inaugurated. There was a lot of talk about that. You've got Trump uh, surrounding himself with generals. People thought that he was going to you know, start World War III and things like that. Um, Alex Jones you know, spewed out a bunch of stuff about war and all kinds of crazy theories. And so this was what was getting Trump supporters excited. He put together... Um, a list of different questions that uh, would spark people's attentions or different items. We filtered it out, and randomly, one day, a dream catcher on a post on 4chan, there was a, there was a post where somebody said Hillary Clinton will be arrested, like shortly, right? Something like that. It was complete stupidity because there's, I mean, she's not arrested, and it was one of those things where somebody was trying to set up some type of a of a, of a gaslight type campaign, right? Again, and so because we've been talking about this stuff, dream catcher went to the next level. And he took that whole snippet and he added that she'll be arrested at this specific time within the next few days or something, right? And people responded to it. But the, the problem with the QAnon stuff, and I'm glad um, that our small group left, and it's not that we, we were ever a part of making the full QAnon, um, but... Uh, so even there, Microchip says we weren't a, a part of making the full QAnon. They were the genesis. But again, the genesis of this thing is not based in Russia at all, not even a little bit. And these guys work to promote this stuff, among other stuff, after the fact. And it does appear that Brower did do the first post, even though he denies it today. I mean, think about what this person's saying and how they're saying it. And they're, and they're talking about the Hillary Clinton stuff, and they're kind of laughing and chuckling along. Uh, that, to me, seems like they're being genuine. Now, think about this. The FBI absolutely wants to downplay this aspect because they still want their Russia, Russia, Russia narrative, and they still want their white supremacy narrative. Now, from what I've seen, there's no, I don't even know what, again, whether who Microchip is, if he's multiple people, if I have no clue, all right? N none. 
Uh, I, I've, again, seen the stuff that's out there. I'm asking the Burmese Brigade, if you've got actual evidence as to the uh, existence of the identity of microchip and why, I've got to I've got a post up top asking that question. I think it's an important question, especially because he flipped the FBI in 2018. All right. And the video I did with Defango and Brower is in 2019. So by that time, I would imagine that some people got some visits from the federales. Just saying. Just pointing that out there. It's turned dangerous, and I don't like that. I mean, some of the stuff that's happening, it seems pretty dangerous. These people are, are being gaslit by whoever's doing it now. They didn't want it to go that far. Uh, it was like a, this was meant to be just like a small unifying factor, just like the petition, right? Something quick, easy, done, out the door. It wasn't meant to go as far as it has with, uh, and I can't remember the stories of what the, the QAnon people are doing now. One guy um, thought that that he was being told by voices to kill the president. We saw someone who tried to, you know. Listen, you're going to have crazy people in any group, okay, period. And like, like I said, these guys obviously weren't in control of it throughout. It looks like they're the genesis. I feel like it was probably backdoor sold off or stolen. And the involvement of the Cicada group, this puzzle group that existed prior, is where we'll go once we go to the premium side and we go to this watch along with myself, Defango, and Brower. I'd encourage you to come on over. You know, even if you saw, even if you've been with me that long and you saw it four years ago, with all this new stuff, it's it's really interesting to kind of look back on it, especially now that we know that the feds are involved, that they're taking down this network, that they're bringing charges of election interference into it, that they got this guy, apparently, microchip, to flip on Mackey and say that they did want to suppress the vote of a certain group playing into that government narrative, more relevant than ever, in my opinion. More relevant than ever. So before we go over to the premium side of the broadcast, I do want to remind everybody, I'm also a documentary filmmaker. Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, A New World Order Defined, and Shade the Motion Picture are free across platforms. Uh, I'm going to be Releasing today uh, a list of URLs that are now free from the premium side of the broadcast on Twitter that you can find over at redvoicemedia.com because we give everything away for free eventually here. That's why it's so important we get your support when we can, right? I give away my documentaries for free. We give away the premium for free two weeks later. I put snippets up here and there uh, of certain parts, but that's where you get the whole thing. So. Look, I want this information out there. I want more people to come to the realization of what the Q and nonsense really was, why it matters now, why the Russian narrative was fake, how they're actually going after influencers at this point and calling it election interference, and that's dangerous, okay, super dangerous, and that the feds have flipped a bunch of people. Let me repeat that. The feds have flipped a bunch of people. That matters. That matters. 
All right, so one at a time, we're going to leave. And by the way, YouTube, we didn't even get 100 likes. Can we get like 100 likes on the way out of here? Okay, thanks. All right, guys, we're going to leave them one at a time. This is my cue to the producer to flip it over. And Rockfin, I absolutely love you guys. We'll see you soon. YouTube, uh, you're the real deal. Holy feel. Let's see. We'll see you on the flip there, Twitter. And we rumbling no more. Okay, we will wait for the text. Okay, we'll wait for the text. Who's this? Man, someone, I don't even have their number in. There we go. And we're good to go. So let's get it back uh, to microchip, QAnonsense, and Pasovic. Tried to essentially cause a scene at the Hoover Dam with his van uh, to force the DOJ to release the IG report. Um, that was, that was, that's a big one that's been pointed out a lot. None of the stuff that uh, we would ever throw on is supposed to go that far. It's supposed to be meant, it's meant to be funny to get people's imaginations going. Point is, is people are being exploited by others who are cognizant of that whole process within Trump supporters' minds, and they're being used. And I. And I feel terrible about that. Part of the reason uh, uh, I even decided to speak about the story is because QAnon is dangerous. Um, and, I've, and I've been, I've spoken about this since early 2017. I told people, you've got to stop doing it. And I never wanted to be attached to it. Um, that's why I've not said anything about it. But now is the time to come out and say, it's time to be done, guys. There is something going on with Trump. But QAnon is not going to solve your problems. There is no mysterious agency that's magically going to come save you. Writing in on a, you know, a white horse like uh, like I guess Mormons would believe. And and remember, guys, think about how far it actually went. Like it went well beyond even that. It went to the point where after they inaugurated Biden, people were saying, "Wait till March." Like people were hopeful up until inauguration day, Trump was going to do something. All right, and I, and I wanted him to do something, you know. It, look, it, it's it's one of those things where you want to believe that this guy got a conscience. I don't even know who he is. Uh, is he Brower as well? Is, is I don't know. I don't know. But this is all extremely important, especially because it seems like it may have come out of DEFCON as well. So one of the things we've seen through Homeland Security, the Patriot Act, and then what, MIAC reports into signature reduction, is that you have to legitimize the criminalization, not only the criminalization of, of speech in general, but you do so by labeling your enemy a terrorist. And once you do that, they don't have due process. Once you do that, they're an enemy combatant. You understand? And that's not even how they leveraged it here. So they so they want to keep the domestic terror thing and they want to keep it under this white supremacy Trump thing to uh, attach as many people as possible. But with microchip itself, at least from what I've seen, who knows what they threatened him with. Uh, and, and in this Mackey case is they used lawfare and an eyewitness account um, to go against this guy and make his speech uh, basically illegal because he defrauded voters. 
So they went. They, they didn't use the terrorist method here, but we don't know what microchip was actually uh, involved in. And I also wonder, again, if this takes place, the, the Posobiec piece, before or after that FBI visit. Because I would imagine that it may have happened even after this piece. I, I believe this is a 2018 piece. It's got to be right around there. Um, because... The FBI doesn't want this narrative getting out because the, the QAnon stuff ends up exploding much bigger after this. Think about it. It's probably a year plus after this that, um, you know, Trump gets confronted about it like twice. Once in a press conference, another time in a sit down. But the idea is that um, you have to get out and you have to actually do stuff because QAnon is not going to save you. You've got to go out and vote. You've got to go out and do activism. You can't just sit at home and then hope that these magical guys behind the scenes are magically going to save the USA because they're not there. Well, Microchip and his cohorts dropped off on Q posts fairly early on, but a new crew caught on to the op. This crew brought the Q postings first from 4chan onto a new board controlled by themselves on the message board 8chan. They began to introduce the aspect of trip codes and changing these trip code passwords to validate the Q persona. Then they decided to find more user-friendly ground by founding Reddit pages such as CBTS, Calm Before the Storm, and The Great Awakening. And, and let me say this, you know, Pisobic, I think just yesterday, tweeted out the storm is here. <laughs> you know, that's how cartoon level a lot of this stuff really is. We have to recognize that. You know, like, okay, that's odd. And the trip code stuff is stuff that uh, Defango talks about. And again, I'm not telling you to believe Defango. My audio quality is not as good back in the day. Uh, by the way, guys, their, their audio quality seems to be fine. Mine's a little off. But again, I, wanna, I want everybody to take this with a grain of salt. Along the way, many people came and went from the group posting as QAnon. Apparently, there is an online market for anonymous posts from unknown sources. Thousands of dollars have been made by the professional Q decoders, while others turn the movement into a cheap buck by profiting off of merchandise and paid mobile apps. The people currently making the most money off of Q appear to be the Patriot Soapbox group. Numerous times through their user, Pamphlet Anon, he's revealed himself to have had access to Q's trip code passwords and has even accidentally posted as Q while logged in on 8chan by live stream. He also once embarrassingly was caught claiming a post was from Q that did not contain the actual trip code validation. Not that hard to figure out how he knew about the post when no one else did. He recently set up an LLC out of his parents' house to take in more donations from Q followers. Recently, both Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Sean Spicer have been asked to confirm if Q was a real source. They both flatly denied that there was any truth to the posts. For those who followed this online movement, this information may come as somewhat of a shock, but hopefully this information will be seen as a helpful reminder to question anonymous sources on the internet and to remain skeptical of claims when events and situations take other directions. Again, I mean, other directions, again, tell me what the QAnon sense got right. I'll, I'll say this, you don't believe people with a Socratic method or that are just asking questions right, or that are, are printing what's basically a horoscope of lines that they hope something will come true 
based on what's popular on social media and what's in the headlines at the moment. And even some things, and then associating with historically true things like, you know, putting MK Ultra as a tag or Epstein as a tag. Ooh, they've really got my attention now. No, you want somebody that can lay out the evidence, talk about it in an open mind, you know, tell you what they can say is definitive fact and what is speculation and not play team baseball. I think that, I think those things are important. So I'm going to skip over the last minute here. Look, there's, isn't that funny that this is old and there's DeSantis and Trump together, best buddies. <laughs> and, and now what we're going to do, let's, let's make sure we got everything right is we are going to, uh, let's see, bam. Nope. That's yep. We're going to bring it on over, bring it on over. And we're going to do the watch along with Defango and Brower about the uh, the real story of QAnon. Again, take it with a grain of salt, guys. I'm going to be popping in and out on this one. And we are live. Guys, I got to tell you, I got a show for you. It has, uh, it's been a phenomenon. And, uh, you know, I'm breaking hearts here. In fact, I, I want to let everybody know, you know, we, we previewed this last night on the live show. And we're doing this live on the backup channel. We'll probably cut this up. We're going to let some people. I did this unannounced today. I wasn't sure whether we were actually going to go live with it, but I really thought we should. So I released uh, this little segment of Luke and I basically discussing the hoax that has now been solved, without a doubt, the Q hoax. And we're going to talk to two of the gentlemen, uh, really the brains behind the operation, the person who thought it up in the first place. And then the first. And, and again, I want to humble myself and say I was a little too cocky then. A, li a little too cocky then. You know, about that. there are aspects of this too, I, I've probably been deceived about and lied about, and I was not there. So as far as solved all the way, no, but this is the strongest evidence. And I'm going to say it again. Looking back on this. Defango, not to be trusted. Brower, not to be trusted. Obviously, felt like they were trying to plant some disinfo here, okay? First person to post as Q, and we're going to find out what this network really was, what the point of this whole thing is, um, where it got out of control. I mean, to me, this is a, this is a bigger story than uh, JFK Jr. being alive, than, uh, you know, indictments that never were. It's, it's really about a phenomenon in society and, you know, a phenomenon that I'm still paying for. If you, again, look at this video, so it's doing pretty well, but, you know, usually we have a 90 plus percent like rate. Right now it's in the running for more than half thumbs down because people just don't want to accept that Santa Claus isn't real and that you guys got punked by people that were a little smarter than Ashton Kutcher and Dak Shepard, man. That's the deal. This is the modern day punk. And I, and I hope the people that really bought into it are now going to man up and say, look, let's move on to real issues. You got me. I've seen a couple people do that, but in large, it's not nice to be fooled, but let's meet QAnon. Let's, let's do it. Everybody, I'd like to introduce you uh, to uh, a couple of uh, gentlemen. One goes by the name Defango and the other by Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher is going to be available through audio only.
Uh, I'm not going to be taking calls, but I may answer super chats. And by the way, I guess nothing's off limits. You know, I, I don't think anyone's scared to answer questions here, uh, nor should they be. So let's just get into, first of all, who you guys are. Okay. And, and then we can get into the origin stories of this whole thing. Um, Defango, let's start with you. And then uh, Dreamcatcher, we'll get to you. Go ahead, Defango. Oh, and of course, his audio is not working. Hey, brother. Oh, my bad. It was <laughs> muted. I do this all the time. It's a thing. It's a thing. So, hi, I'm Defango. Uh, I was a chef, and I did a lot of IT stuff in my life. And um, I'm basically what you call a hacker slash mind hacker, where I utilize uh, limited technology to do some pretty wildly interesting things. And I saw an opportunity to take a plan that we came up with, you know, what I mean, we is something that I was thinking about for a long time based off of a book. And we decided to take it into the next level and actually try to execute it and see what would happen because we wanted to get some information as far as who's real, you know, like what people out there are actually telling the truth about the information that they know and what people are actually out there just to get the money. And the only way to really do that is to be in control of something from the very beginning and just watch what people say about this thing that just all of a sudden exists. You know what I'm saying? It's a strange situation. It certainly is a strange situation, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people still are not accepting of this. And what I find fascinating is that you actually, you kind of, you didn't do this you know, the entire time, you kind of let it take a life of its own, which is even more extraordinary. And I mean, even to this day, no matter how many times this thing has been proved a hoax, no matter how many times they told us the arrests were coming, that Hillary was in Guantanamo Bay, that, uh, you know, John McCain was being executed and so on and so on and so on, people are still not accepting this. Um, mm. So, you know, again, guys, Again, Santa Claus is not real. And one of the biggest things about this... Yo, bro, there could be kids fucking watching right now. You can't <laughs> see shit like that. I want to talk um, to Dreamcatcher. Now, you know, we've got Defango's story, a little bit of a backdrop here. Well, what's, what's your story? We're going to get to how you guys got together. But, you know, what's your background? I guess you could say I'm uh, just a uh, shitlord, uh, or if you can call it a shitposter troll whatever that may be um pretty much i got pretty attracted to the 2016 election like most people uh, it was sort of like a phenomenon that i think everybody gravitated towards um and then you know little by little dabbling on the uh, whether it be reddit 4chan things like that you know led me to you know get linked up with uh defango um and then from there we sort of put our great minds of you know my shit posting skills and his mind hacks and, and we established a plan that uh you know we we were sort of just like hey let's let's just shit post these are some things that have worked um let's let's see where we can go with this so you know we dropped down a few posts and uh you know we're like oh, hey you know it's cool you know we let it out of the uh let it out of the farm let's let's see what happens and then uh i guess you could say it got out of hand and uh the eight channers sort of got a hold of it and uh spun it into their their nice web of i don't even really know what you would call it but uh yeah i mean all right lies, so, so short story let, let me let, no, i mean lies. short to you brother but there were so many things in there that the average person 
has no idea what you're talking about. And we're I'm going to, you know, again, I talked to Defango for about an hour and a half the other night and really tried to develop this story. Because first of all, you know, uh, Defango, I think you told me you were early, early 30s. I'm not sure how old you are, uh, Dreamcatcher. But, you know, I'm, I'm almost 40. I'll be 40 this year. Uh, similar generations, definitely not, at least us two, millennials. And, you know, we kind of grew up, first of all, we grew up in an age with little to no internet. I mean, the internet wasn't even around when I was there. Black and white TVs were still there. And I actually had rotary phone in my house. Okay. I know that a lot of people can't believe those things, but they were real, you know, still part of my generation. And for people to get involved, not only so much on message boards and, but the websites we're going to talk about that kind of are the origins of this story. When you say shit posting, what the fuck is that? I mean, so I, I gotta ask, you know, I, I, we trolling has big, it used to be you were just fucking with somebody or you were lying to them, but now it's almost become an accepted art form called shit posting. Correct. And it's almost, you can't wait to see how many people bite on the line. Would that be a correct assumption? Dreamcatcher? hundred percent. I, I would say you can actually obtain a degree. Uh, you sit on message boards and you sort of fine tune your craft. And then from there, you sort of just uh, see, you throw a bunch of shit at the wall and you see what sticks. A lot of it's targeted towards boomers because uh, what's funny about it is boomers sort of are the ones that always gravitate towards shit posting. Like you could tell them like, Hey, you know, uh, the moon is actually the death star and a, and a lot of them will actually believe it. So, I mean, it's, it's just sort of how you go about it. It's an art form. And uh, that that's, that's the best, that's the simplest description that you can give it. So you don't, you know, overwhelm people. And that's sort of the art of shit posting, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, but that's just an easier breakdown of it for maybe people that haven't heard the term before. All right. Oh, I want to point out again how proud these people are of what they're doing and what his description of shit posting is and how he feels like he you can get a master's degree in it and who his target audience is. And believe, believe me, again, I realize I was probably a target in this. But listen to these people. All right. I mean, th it just shows you the mentality that this is not something that you want to be a part of. And if you've fallen for it again, get away, get away, get away. In our form. All right. So that's that's a that's a good base that there is, you know, obviously you aren't the only two people that look at this as an art form. And we have seen it in pop culture more and more and more. Obviously, the biggest, I guess, the biggest mainstream media storm has been uh, who is it? That Count Dankula guy with the uh, with the dog, and he was he's the first shit poster that I was aware of that I'd ever heard the term used for. So now I want to bring it to how some people that like posting on the internet and basically messing with people and see who believes. Oh, we've got proof, guys. I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't say art form, but I'm looking at these. We, we've got pr proof. I'm going to get some of the super chats. I see one already that's asking, uh, do you live stream from or do you ever film yourself posting with a smartphone? Um, so they're asking if you had filmed yourself, maybe posting some of this stuff with a smartphone. I, I'm going to tell you right now, guys, I've already seen enough evidence, forensic evidence, metadata in some of these posts that there's no doubt that these are the guys that started this. So let's let's get there. There's a group of you guys, shit posters, that also kind of coincides with the hacking community 
and you go to DEF CON for the first time. For those not aware of what DEF CON is, this is a group of not only white hat, but black hat and, you know, I guess gray hat. That's also terminology, hackers. They get together once a year. It's a place that you don't want your phone. Uh, you want to turn that off. You want to bring a burner. Um, but it's also a place why? where people, oh, I wonder why, where people can get together. Now, I, I guess I have to preface this with you being a member of the Cicada site. Because I didn't know what this was, but there is a Cicada site, and I, I what, everybody's like, "What that?" Basically, it's a puzzle site. Is that is that correct? Uh, yeah, it's like a it's like a puzzle site. It's like this internet mystery group that was on the internet that also was born on 4chan. Just so happens, but it was like this puzzle that was on the internet for a while. I'd spent some time solving another puzzle called Tangri One Three Seven, and then I decided to take a crack at this one when it came up again in like 2017 and then i started solving these puzzles and it's a lots of stenography it has to do with cryptography and it's a whole mess of different things so you know you're dealing with audio files video files and a host of other things or a host of other things and it's basically you're trying to get to the end of a sort of puzzle and i think that you know like a lot of the stuff that went into doing this was based upon things that were learned from how this op actual situation operated. Because most people who would be, be actually be able to say that like one of the most successful operations that was ever run on 4chan was probably the Cicada 3301 puzzle that went out back in like 2012. Okay, so let me, let me get this straight. What would you say is the biggest, because we're going to get into the term LARP and what this really was, a live action role play. What was the most successful and famous prior to QAnon? Like, what would be the one that everybody was talking about? And you know what? Let's get Dreamcatcher. What would you say? You there, my, my friend? Would you say the most, like, the, the most, uh, like, successful one? Well, uh, you know what? Again, it's it's your community. So you tell me, I mean, not only what you would think would be the most successful one, but maybe one that I would kind of be aware of, or maybe the public would. Because, guys, to me, this is a brand new phenomenon especially on the level it went. So when you're looking at this, and I, again, we're going to get to the origins soon. I just think there's so much that's interesting to talk about. You know, I know you guys are used to dealing with people that are accusing you on boards and I want the proof. Listen, I want to know why you did this and, and where this goes. So when you're looking up to, you know, other LARPs and other live action role plays and like shit, what is the most successful one? Because obviously I've never, there's never been one as big as this. So what do you think, Dreamcatcher? What you really got to do is like sort of prod, prod your, probe your audience. Mm -hmm. um, you look at things that most you, you follow the trends of what's popular out there, like what the current public's talking about. Then what you do is you sort of create a character based on that. You could pretty much do a LARP for just about anything. It, it could literally, you could literally LARP someone that worked at a grocery store. Uh, what you do is you sort of just follow the trends, the key phrases that work. And then from there, that's sort of how you craft the, craft a live action role playing game. It actually uh, originates from uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. That's sort of uh, that community. Uh, it actually go to a LARPing like festival, uh, something like uh, King Richard, something like that. They do LARPing there. So that sort of, it, it's been spun from that real life live action role playing to a digital form. And you just pretty much create that based on what people are paying attention to. So it's and a manipulation of what's around, what's surrounding somebody. 
is what you would say. It wouldn't be like just terminology, but you pay attention to what they're paying attention to, what's important in their lives, what they're surrounding themselves with, and then you play to those things. I, I would say that that's, that is, yeah, pretty much. Okay. So again, I, I guess I'll ask you to what would you say is the most successful? Because most people that were like myself, that were just because I just want to jump in here. And again, this is kind of, kind of me going over the history of, of what this whole thing is. Cause I'm not familiar. And I don't think most people are familiar with not only this terminology, but this type of behavior, right? And, and when you even get to the cicada group, and I think in a moment we talk about Machiavellian puzzle jacking and all these other things, there are those that say that that's not even real. Now there, that, that, that that is all made up or that Schoenberger hijacked that, which obviously I've seen um, a lot of evidence to that regard. Again, unsavory characters we're dealing with here. And, and at least with microchip, we know, we know FBI involvement. Again, becoming an informant in 2018, cooperating, still being charged, still continuing to cooperate familiar with the term LARP it was the kids in the park that I was seeing now in uh you know with you know cardboard swords hitting each other you know you talked about it coming out of Dungeons and Dragons but you know that was you know the terminology of LARPing and now it's morphed into again it's 2019 into like a a, a shit posting hoax verse so before this what is the what's the biggest one that's been successful what do you think Topanga well I'd have to say probably a bullet chan okay a Ebola, Ebola Chan was like an anthropomorphic version of the Ebola virus that's like an anime character that looks really funny or whatever. But sometime in like, I think it was 2014, 2015 in that area right there, they basically started anthropomorphizing Ebola as this meme and posting it everywhere. And it became like a big thing where all of a sudden there's now actually like a, an Ebola outbreak happening in Africa, but it's not like directly connected to each other, but it's probably one of the most well-known LARPs because obviously people were posting about it all over the place. They were saying, if you didn't repost this thing, you would get, you know, like Ebola, okay. right? And you would die. <laughs> so obviously people didn't want to get Ebola and die, so they would post oh, so the image post everywhere. So it was utilizing a mental trigger within the brain, you know, like obviously this is horseshit, but what if it wasn't worth shit? I'm gonna post it just in case because it doesn't take me any. It doesn't take anything from me. Jesus, you know what I'm saying? I get it. All right, all right. So let's move on. Uh, you know, I'm gonna hit some of these these things. So so I want to kind of go back to this um, cicada thing. So when you talk about these puzzles, we also talked about the Machiavellian aspect of it. That a lot of people will create these puzzles, whether it be some kind of an encryption puzzle or whatever, and let people pry at it for a while, not get there. And then they'll solve their own puzzle to try to look like a genius. It's very Machiavellian, build their own credit. Mm -hmm. Correct? That is 100%. 100%. Okay. And that's almost, you know, kind of what you guys did on a larger, larger level. So when I, when I'm re I want to read just through these, Defango lies, hashtag Cicada reject. Well, we're talking about Cicada now and how it's relevant to this whole thing. So, you know, again, mm -hmm. everybody's going to be able to, I'm going to put the links to Defango giving you the quote unquote trip code. We're gonna talk about what a trip code was long before anybody else. We're gonna we're gonna give you the links. I'm not sure if the, the tweets are up from the original post with the metadata. 
Someone's asking in here for the Discord logs. Well, we're going to talk about Discord. I'm sure they have the logs. Uh, and in fact, Discord logs can't hack that. No, you can't. And they've got them. Uh, did Fango fake solve the cicada puzzle he made and got kicked out? I'm sure everybody did that. Thank you for the the, uh, the thing. I mean, yeah, again. I'm sure everybody was doing that. You know? <laughs> I'll answer that one right now and just yeah. be like, so what people are actually getting at, the person who said that Elizabeth Fearing is one of the individuals that's connected to the little cicada group. See, when I started looking into the cicada group, I found out that that was probably one of the most successful LARPs out there because most of the people that are quote unquote involved with the organization have no idea what the guy in charge of it is actually trying to do with it. And it's basically like create his personal army. We got him on record recordings. I got emails, uh, mm -hmm. records of everything of what this guy was doing. And basically, you know, I wanted to get instigated because I thought it was going to be something good for it. But what I realized, it was actually just a group of really nasty individuals that were kind of like LARPing in the sense that they were acting like they were being really positive, but they were doing really, really negative things. And as you can see, no matter where I go, you can see super chats and donations of people talking shit. Like from these people, all these are the people that are actually directly connected with the puzzle in either some way, shape, or form. Now... In the original versions of the puzzle, I had to go through, solved it, did all the work with a bunch of different people, and we have all the evidence to do that. After that, first year of puzzles was done, and then the Q thing was created, you know, which was the thing that I actually got started off with, the thing that I actually put into the game. It looked, Mr. TS, he's actually posting in your chat right now. Um, he was the guy that was like, hey, Defango, I want you to make the puzzle for 2018 and then you can solve it. And I was like, well, isn't that just like a kind of stupid thing to do? And I was like. So when he says TS, he's talking Schoenberger and Schoenberger, I believe, shows up in the chat. So, again, I'm being very careful here because all these people, unsavory characters, Schoenberger starts shadow box with the fango and they get hired by butowski in the seth rich era and that's where it said that it was discussed that they could tap into seth rich's parents phone just pointing that out there that that's what's in the court records i think there's going to be a better way of doing it where i make a puzzle solve through it then tell everybody i made the puzzle and then be like by the way everything that i haven't solved so far is actually the real puzzle that you guys are going to have to do. And, you know, what did you think? I was going to sit up here and give you guys all the information for nothing. And I did a very big expose on, like, the entire group of individuals that were connected to the quote-unquote puzzle. And since then, you know, I've been basically dealing with this since almost last April. And no matter what I do, no matter where I go on the Internet, I get stalked by these people. They call me a liar. They say all this stuff. And I got... Every email, every text message, everything. And I actually already posted it all to my YouTube accounts and Twitter accounts so like anybody can see. But, you know, the way that these people operate, they got really pissed off that I exposed their LARP because mm -hmm. for them, you know, it was going to be a big money maker in the same way that QAnon became a big money maker for a lot of people. And, you know, like the idea was to expose both of these different sides almost at the same time by utilizing their own tactics. And you know what? That's the next thing I want to get into right there. The money making aspect of this, because first of all, we haven't really even talked about the creation, you know, and then and how you kind of I mean, it became a shill factory. That's all I could tell no, you. Like shill it, factory 9000. I mean, it really did. And, and I mean, the, the literal term 
you know, we can sit here and we can throw mud, but I'm not going to, uh, I, I'm not even going to name names. I don't care. I'm going to tell you, I mean, it's, it's obvious who did the things that they did and said that he had the connections that they said. I may ask about some of the reactions when some of the bigger names did some things, but, and you know, I, I, I just want to know. So you go in there and why do you tell people why you use the, the, uh, the Q symbol? Cause I thought that was an interesting story. You go into DEF CON, meet some guys, but you had this idea to use Q. Why? I used Q because earlier in the cicada puzzles, after I had met this guy, T the Stig in the chat or whatever, he's here calling me a liar or whatever. Um, I met this guy in person, and that's when I realized that you know uh, this was a hoax, this was a joke, this was these people basically taking so much of my time and life to you know put on their puzzle that's basically meaningless. And, you know, honestly, I was really, really pissed off, but they gave me some stupid spear and I had to like, you know, play a character. So I said, fine, fuck it. I'm going to see exactly how deep this goes. And honestly, for me, it ended up being a very interesting situation because I saw this cue and then I started looking up Q and I came upon this book by Luther Bissett. I read the book and then I decided I was like, huh, that's interesting. That could be maybe what these guys were talking about, you know, creating something, creating a change. But I never really, you know, expounded upon that. It wasn't until about I think it was in August they had put up a new puzzle and they were referencing DEF CON. I fundraised money on my YouTube channel to get to DEF CON, you know, like all the videos and everything are still posted in up and basically i went to defcon and what i was supposed to do was put up a qr code for a puzzle and that was supposed to be it and instead of doing that i basically edited that little piece of the puddles or added some extra stuff to it and printed out about 500 of them and then started passing them around all over defcon and basically it was a meet it would take these people to the website where, you know, the puzzles were being distributed so they could go ahead and attempt to solve that one. And then there was also a note saying, if you want to learn more, meet me at this place at this time. And I chose what you call a sky talk. They happen at DEF CON a lot. They don't allow phones. They don't allow cameras. There's no recording devices of any kind because, you know, sometimes you talk about some really, really interesting stuff. This particular talk was a talk about whistleblowing, like how people – you know, people that whistleblow for the government, people that actually do the real work to get this information out, you know, that people take for granted. Um, I decided to give my, you know, diatribe and what I think would be an interesting idea and how to not only create a method for delivering information, but test that method for delivering information to see if it's actually viable because, you know, there's very big issues that are involved when, you know, you start posting shit random or anonymously on the internet, people can impersonate you. How do you know if it's real or truthful? There's a whole lot of things interpreted to it. So I basically use this time to talk with the best of the best and listen to everybody's arguments on how this would work. And we came up with the plan and the plan was very simple put out a bunch of disinformation leaks and follow the people that are going to be tracking them. Some people are going to look at them and just be like, all right, that's bullshit. Obviously some people are going to say, okay, this is here, but we actually wanted to see who was going to jump on this and actually try to turn it into like a money-making situation for a very long time. We've noticed that things have moved from 4chan to 8chan like this in a very interesting way. And it's almost like whenever a social movement of any kind starts to grow on the internet, it's almost like there's this group of individuals that will jump in and try to take it over.
And I wanted to be able to identify those people. So that's how this QAnon thing actually worked. And I think I said, yeah, we're just going to ask questions. We ask everything like questions, like Socratic method. It'll be really interesting. And that way, you know, if anything comes up with it, we could just call it Q and we get plausible deniability because I can connect it later on back in the day to this stupid, you know, cicada song that nobody ever saw. And I was like, either way. It gives us the ability to find out who's going to be truthful and who's not going to be truthful. So when this thing gets exposed as a LARP, you know, we're going to have a bunch of people that basically get caught with their pants down, like David Wilcock, guy that's always saying that he's talking about the truth and la, la, la. Now, here's the thing. Do I think that these guys went in there with benevolent intentions? No, not after doing the research on these people. Now, absolutely not. But getting over on some people, and I'm no fan of Wilcock. I, I, I was not a fan of Wilcock prior to all of this because Wilcock was always one of these people that was saying ridiculous things like he was the reincarnation of Edgar Casey. said he had all these secret uh, sources validating things through magical conversations he had with insiders that I could never validate, but was well studied in. And he was one of the biggest grifters throughout, even after it'd been seven days of darkness. And that came years after Defango names David Wilcock. Again, all unsavory characters. Just, I can't make it clear enough. But th this is an interesting watch because... David Wilcock, I mean, again, give DeFango credit. He's smart. You know, he's no dummy. He names one of the biggest outward grifters of the whole situation right here. That just marched on and, and continues to march on with his nonsense. And he teamed up with Fulford, Ben Fulford, who I interviewed years ago when he had just stopped working for Forbes. And then he started coming out with like super secret yakuza illuminati stories that again had no basis in reality and, and made me pull back and go uh-oh here we go again uh-oh here we go again let's get back to it let's get back to defango talking about some of the grifters including wilcock blah all of a sudden he's a QAnon supporter and he's saying that it's real and all this stuff and he's got inside information and i'm just like bro you're full of shit no way you know, like, it, well, he it, also, it, hold on. He also has for a long time said that he is the reincarnation of Edgar Casey. And I could go on and on and on about the types of things that David will listen again. I'm not here to attack anybody. If you're into new age nonsense, that is without any sort of, you know, evidence, you know, you want, you want to go to stuff that's very interesting and is a little bit speculative because, you know, we're, we're only what? 150 years into cameras, you know, to actually have just like photographic evidence, forget about just film guys. So when you look at something like, you know, those mysteries, Graham Hancock and his partner do great work. And when they're wrong, like when they endorsed um, the Mars face and then the other photography came back, they admitted it. They brought it back. They brought it back to reality. And that's why we're doing this broadcast because I see some of these comments over here. And, you know, you can only be in denial so much. Uh, I, and that's great. Listen, I, I like David Icke, too. And I can listen to David Icke. That does not mean I give any credence to reptilian people. Okay? There's a thing called discernment. 
So I, I want to just kind of move this along a little bit and, and get to Dreamcatcher's role on this because it's not just you two. I know that you've mentioned another person called Microchip. How many people mm -hmm. were in, involved in this initial launch? And you, you talked about the initial meeting. You then did form a Discord, correct? Yes, we did. We, we, uh, we pretty much got a Discord of about eight of us. Uh, but the, the main three, you know, obviously me, Defango, and Microchip. And Microchip just wanted me to sort of, he's not going to be on. I tried to get him on. He's uh, actually on his way traveling to Israel. He's been traveling there a lot. And that's the thing about uh, Microchip. He's very mysterious. No one, like even Defango will tell you. They'll just like DM us. Or I'm pretty sure he's more thought like, or something like that. Pretty sure. Yeah, it's very, it, it's it's bizarre. It's weird. He'll just like send us weird like random messages, like uh, like tweet this or or uh, get this trend, uh, boost this on, on the chance or or things like that. So. so the question again becomes: Is Brower part of the microchip persona? Oh, he. he like, Again, if anybody has a video of them on the same chat, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to see it. Please send it to me because I've yet to see that. And two, I think this is the part of the story where the grift is on me. They're trying to get me to float the Israel story, period. This is that part. Now, again, one of the things you do in psychological operations is you tell a lot of the truth. Brower also discusses about eight people in that chat. Now, maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But notice Brower wanted to jump in there because this was his part of the story and his time to say, you know, he's on his, on his way to Israel. Okay, okay, let's keep going. He's very mysterious. Um, and yeah, it, the main people of, in the beginning was just us three, you know, sort of just being like, hey, um, I don't know. And this sort of gives a little backstory. Um, and this wasn't really something that Defango had mentioned. We, that Antifa petition, if you remember that Antifa petition uh, that made it on Fox News and, and it went trending and it was uh, like, I guess you could say um, trending uh, through the media. That was actually started by our group. And we sort of took that and sort of added, you know, we prodded the audience to see what works and, and, you know, what gets people involved. And then that's what we ran with in terms of that. So that's just another example. And yeah, like I said, it's just three. We pretty much just got together and said, hey, we all, we all shit posts. We all have tried things. What do we feel is going to work uh, for this time right now? Um, and, and, and a lot of it was, you know, just seeing, being funny because most people don't realize that. You know, like the chains are just for fun. There's not like some top secret information coming from 4chan or 8chan or whatever it may be that you use in terms of a forum. It's always been a shit posting message board. That's all it's ever been. It's never been there for for real information. Um, it's not like say a WikiLeaks or or like a, a, an old legacy media company. Well, let me ask you something, man. Well, would you say that there was some relative information there when Reddit, for instance, banned all the pedogate research? Uh, you know, again, you know, this is something me and Defango talked about. I, I'm not, you know, 
I know there was hysteria out there with frazzle grip and the HRC tape, but the bottom line is there is an email in there and a, a few emails that are very questionable, but at least one where we're talking about a seven, nine and 11 year old kid going to a party on a farm that are going to be in a heated pool for entertainment, you know? So, and you know, those Reddit forums, they did seem like people were trying to ferret out information, but then you get into the shit posting aspect. All of a sudden there's a menu for your hobby of abusing and eating children. And obviously that's a troll job. Um, you know, so I, I guess that's where, go, go ahead. I'm just saying that's where, no, but that's where reality mixes, right? Because you're talking about, I, I get it, but almost any, you know, me and uh, Defango were also talking about, again, you haven't revealed your age and we haven't talked privately, but we were talking about the original days of the Let's Roll 911 forums and, you know, how there was a lot of legitimate research there. And then all of a sudden we're talking about ghost planes and directed energy weapons and, you know, TV fakery and fucking horse shit that, you know, helped derail a real movement. Uh, you know, so the, you know, my critics are going to be out there and saying, oh, you guys, you gave these guys a pass. And by the way, I want to say, hey, these guys are admitted shit posters. So take everything with a grain. Let's take everything with a grain. But I've seen the evidence that they are, in fact, the, the people that started QAnon. So that's my question to you, man. Do you think that there's any reality? Once again, I'm going to say it. I said it then. You, you got to admit, I was still pretty careful with these bastards. <laughs> Even then. Take everything with a grain of salt that's even being washed and said. Four plus, this happened, I believe, January 19th. January 19th, 2019. This is pre-COVID-1984. These when uh, This is when LARPs and shitposting, even though detrimental, were still kind of fun before authoritarian <laughs> nonsense just took the world by storm on these sites is is it just using more discernment because i i think that we have to use discernment in everything just because cnn fucking says it doesn't make it true and just because the uh, you know tomorrow's news today says that the leader in alternative media obviously doesn't make it true either correct mm -hmm. just because yeah, the no, I mean, space on the internet says it doesn't make it true <laughs> yeah, the right. internet. everything's true on the internet you all need to remember that no but for real um there, there were, say, like certain things that were done on the chains Reddit where they'd be like, hey, we're doing a, um, a sit-in or, or things like that. People will use it for, say, like real, real-time op operations, if that's what you want to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, so there is a part of it. But you can sort of see, sort of like what you said, like obviously everybody knows pedophilia is something that exists. And we all, you know, are aware that, you know, it's becoming more and more common in our world today but you you've got to be able to be like okay you know this sounds legitimate there could be say a secret code words that are used but what they did was they took that uh, and and they spun it they spun it into what their own reality is what i see a lot of the times people grasp onto things and it's just human nature to to trust mm -hmm. it's just human nature to be trustful i think we all can agree to that and what you have here is you have people that take an idea that, that has realism to it and they spin it and they create their own own reality, I guess you could say. So I would say it's it's really a balance. You've got to be able to pick out when somebody says, yeah, they're they're eating children uh, and doing all these things. you got to be able to realize that that's more than likely untrue, but at least the pedophilia part of it, that does exist. Well, so let me say this. Blending. 
I mean, I get where that comes from. You know, I um, interviewed a guy named Nick Bryant many, many years ago. He did a follow-up book to the Franklin cover-up, the Franklin scandal. I encourage everybody to read it because it has a hundred-page thesaurus in it. And that's what you want because that thesaurus isn't Nick Bryant's writing. It's the FBI reports, the local police reports, the testimony of these individuals, the local news reports. It's an incredible, it's, inc it's incredibly well-sourced. And although, I mean, you know, he backs up a very disturbing story at the Bohemian Grove, I can say that Operation U-Tree has now outed Jimmy Seville, a person who has giant $25,000 checks next to Margaret Thatcher, you know, for kids, for kids, not for him, for kids, for his work with children. And not only was he abusing children, but the police have now confirmed that he was having sex with corpses. Let me repeat that. He was a necrophiliac on top of it. He was raping people in hospice. So you had this guy that was a ghoul on so many levels. And unfortunately, you know, you, you do have cultures, you know, that are into this weird, dark fucking shit. And, and I get it. You, you, again, you have to have the discernment. Every time I hear that, you know, for instance, somebody's a Satanist, I'll throw it back and I'll say, listen, we don't know that for sure. But yeah, joining Skull and Bones, they do an occult ritual too. Sure looks that way. Is the Bohemian Grove based on occultism? Well, before the giant owl was there, they had a giant Buddha and they dressed up in, uh, you know, large Druid-like regalia. So it, it is based in that, but I, I guess you just don't know anybody's heart unless you're that person because there, you know, there are fucking monsters hiding everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so now I want to move on. definitely true. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Super Jesus, true. man, you, you just never know. Um, I want to move on to the very first post. Yeah, well, I believe you are the first poster of Dreamcatcher. So, so tell us what's behind that post, and then I really just want to get into because because you guys are only queue for how long? What two three weeks? Not sure. No, I wouldn't that. say it went that spent went that long. I really? think what the Fango maybe two three posts. It was the main ones on the fourth that were mainly us, and then I think and we we really don't know what happened. Maybe some of the other people in the Discord had you know screwed around with the idea. But, I know what yeah, happened. First, <laughs> all right, so wait, so let's bring it back. Because, all right, so people are, are obviously going to be confused. There's some intrigue here. What is the first post you guys officially make as QAnon? Because you you tailed this off um, from the follow the white rabbit thing, right? That was already posted by some kind of an anonymous source. Basically, you piggybacked on somebody predicting the overthrow of the Saudi Arabian um, regime by the new prince and tried to gain credi credibility uh, through that. Would you explain that to people? Oh, did I lose him? Is he there? You might have lost him. I may have lost him. Damn it. <laughs> That's all right. You we may have lost him. No, it's I, fine. no I, I, I'm still here. Oh, okay, I'm okay. still here. And let me uh, make sure. I think it was just my connection. You're talking about the white rabbit post and about the Saudi Arabia. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah basically how how this all spun into the fact that I was in a Walmart and one of my friends took me to the side and started talking to me about this like it was real. And, and okay, and I looked at him and I respect him and he's still a very good buddy of mine. And I was just like, listen, man. I'm sorry, riddles and bread crumbs. I remember at one point he was telling me about the uh, helicopter crash at the Rothschilds and they, they might have killed Jacob in a mission to really take down the deep state. And I'm like, and by the way, I'm still good friends with that person. He's a, he's a good guy. 
And uh, he was actually there on January 6th. I think we met up. I know we met up on the 6th afterwards. We saw each other and we actually had dinner together um, with my buddy Militich. Um, Yeah. Well, let's let's hope I don't get arrested for covering that and, you know, going to dinner. They say they're going to arrest another thousand people. That that and again, this is long before that taken place. And for those that are unaware of the Saudi Arabian post, people used to use that as a proof. That was one of the Q things. They would oh, this is the proof that Q is for real when it wasn't even really involved in Q. And they saw the attention that that got, as you're going to find out, and basically piggybacked onto that. Fairy tales and unicorns, my friend. The Rothschild system is not being taken out by white hat hackers and assassins for the Trump administration. But please, uh, Dreamcatcher, tell us. Tell us about these initial posts. All right. So one of the main things, what, what was, uh, I'll, I'll ask you a direct question. What sure. was the main campaign slogan for Donald Trump? Jesus, what was the main camp? I should know this, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, pretty, uh, man, I, I, I don't know. Build the wall. Oh, at rallies. <laughs> at the rallies. At the rallies? Oh, locker up. Was Everybody was doing chant. the locker up, right? The locker up chant. Oh, yeah. So that was one of the things that, Obviously, everyone realizes that that, that caught fire mm-hmm. w- with the meme, meme crowd. I mean, there were so many memes out there that, you know, we all saw things like that. So that was sort of where that originated from. And one of the things, you sort of tie the, tie the three together. You got Susan Rice, you got Puma, and you got all those people. So they're all like Clinton people, right? So our plan was to try to, I guess, spin as much into one post that could potentially catch people's eyes and maybe sort of get people to do critical thinking on their own, you know, more so give people, I guess, homework to do. And, and that's sort of the idea originally sort of what, what I think Defango and I had in mind because both of the stuff that we've done throughout our life, it's always been about, you know, looking deeper, not too deep. They always tell you when you go down a rabbit hole, when you see certain things, you float out of there as, as much as fast as you can. Or then you end up like, you know, believing in lizard people and all that crap, which is just out of it's out of control. It's like it's like if it's basically I guess doing a four day marathon of watching Star Trek and Star Wars and then thinking that that's real life. That's when you know to get out of the rabbit hole. So that's sort of where all that sort of came to mind. And then we were just sort of just throwing questions. So, you know, see that our interest, but then also, like I said, those trends, those things that were trending on certain s- sections of the, the web. And that's sort of where the idea came from. It was taking social media data and turning that into a form of a question that allowed people, you know, it was simple enough, but interesting enough that it had them dig, it had them do their own studying and, and things like that. that. So there you go. And And by the way, that goes on for another half an hour. I'm, not, I'm, I'm torn. I don't know that I even want to play uh, that again. But if you do want to go uh, find it, my premium audience, you want to finish that up. It's right here. And uh, it's Ask Me Anything with the Real Q is the name of this one. So let's just, there it is right there. Ask Me Anything with the Real Q. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys. I absolutely love you. Thank you for joining me on this 
this journey that, that I could have said so much more. And really, there is so much more to this whole crazy case. But hopefully we hit some of the basics. And, you know, we went back to a place called reality, at least on some level. I'm t I'm, again, these are liars. These are LARPers. They can't be trusted. But you get the mix. No one's come to save you. Guys, I love you. And we'll see you on the flip side.